Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tigerberg. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. He asked me to speak on uh, the gift of uh, tongues and praying in the Spirit. And so that's where we're going to head. But I want to start off in Ephesians chapter 1, which is not on my uh, slideshow there. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Because <clears throat> um, I think he said uh, um, it's a series on salvation. So he's been speaking a little bit about prayer, right? Okay, that's good. Awesome. So we are, are, are continuing on with that. And in Ephesians chapter 1, <clears throat> verse uh, 13... It says, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also the, um, uh, where am I? In whom also after that ye believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So just I wanted to start off with this verse and looking at how, you know, you hear the word, you believe the word, uh, the gospel of your salvation, and then it says you receive something, you receive the seal of the Holy Spirit. So you, then you, you've received someone, and in that moment, 1 Corinthians 6, 17, you've become one with the Lord, amen? And that's one to, the, uh, uh, one to the exclusion of any other. Now you're one with Him. You're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And so when we think about that, it kind of really, it puts the believer really in a... Um, a different place from where they were. It's obvious for us. But we kind of see Christianity maybe as just a continuation of a normal life. And uh, now I just go to church, or I do this, or I do that. Or, but now it's a case of, it's really a case of, um, I, I'm a completely different person. You know, His Spirit comes to dwell in me. I'm a new person. And I mean, that's the, that, that should change us. That should transform us. That should make us, uh, people look at us and go, wow, there's something different about you. And um, you know, it, it, for some people, the change maybe is more drastic than others. You know, if any of you knew uh, uh, Charlie, which my mom did, uh, 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 long before he came to Grace Life, you would have been shocked. <laughs> Very shocked. And, uh, uh, you know, um, because he was a completely different person. And it's the same thing for us. You know, we need to, we need to receive that. Uh, uh, the, the, when we receive the Spirit at salvation, we allow Him to change us and transform us so that uh, uh, people can see and experience His fruitfulness through us. But one of the things this does for us then, and if you look at the different um, epistles, the letters of the New Testament, we see Paul especially talking about praying in the Spirit. And in Ephesians chapter 6, you know, when he's talking about the armor, he speaks about it in there too. We might get there. Where he speaks about how we're praying in the Spirit. And uh, uh, King James would say, praying in the Holy Ghost. And so we want to look at that. Whenever he's talking about that, he's talking about the gift of tongues specifically. And we're not going to cover everything that there is to cover about this topic. But I just want to touch on a few things which I believe are important. You know, in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, if you go and read it through the whole chapter, it speaks about being in Christ, okay? That's the believer's position. That's the believer's status. That's the, uh, uh, we're in Christ, okay? It also speaks about us being, Him being in us, but just focus on being in Christ for a moment. What does that mean? It means a, play, a position of authority. It means a position of, of being able to exercise His power. Okay, in Christ is the place where we pray from, which means like we're praying, when we pray, we've actually got a huge advantage, a huge advantage when we pray, because we're praying from a position of authority, not just a, hey God, I need some of your attention, but we're, we're, we're praying from the position of being one with Him. And so when you pray in English, Afrikaans, Mandarin, whatever tongue, uh, language you speak, uh, when you pray, are you praying with that confidence of, I've got a boldness because I'm in Christ, I'm one with Him? Because a lot of Christians don't pray like that. They're kind of just praying like an unbeliever would pray if they were to pray. And I'm not talking about the words that they would use. You know, I'm talking about the attitude that they would use. So what's your attitude when you come to prayer? Is it one of confidence or is it one of 
Um, let's see if this works now. I was watching some other program the other day, and uh, it was really funny because this unbeliever asked a Christian uh, in a crisis situation, please would you say a prayer for us? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like they knew where to turn. But at the same time, we mustn't have that attitude of it's only in a crisis. It needs to be something of this is life, okay? So, so anyhow, moving on from that, you know, when we pray, in tongues especially, like we're using our authority. We're using our authority. And, and we're going to look at this. You know, understanding, before we get there, understanding brings fruitfulness. Amen? If you don't understand something, you're not going to experience the fruitfulness of it. You're not going to be fruitful in that area. So uh, uh, understanding comes through teaching, learning. That's why Jesus commanded us to go make disciples, not just converts. Because if we don't make disciples or converts through teaching, people will not have a fruitfulness. So, you know, and, and, uh, many Christians, many people go to church, whether they're Christians or not, for many years, and they don't see any fruitfulness, right? You know people like that, obviously not you. Uh, but there's lots of people like that in the world, you know. Um, uh, uh, Charlie was an example of someone who went to church for 13 years, he got saved 13 years ago, and there was great fruitfulness. Why? Because he didn't just attend church. You know, he allowed the message to impact him. He learned something about God, okay? <clears throat> a lot of people desire to grow. A lot of people desire fruitfulness, but desire is not enough. We need to understand and then step out. You know, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, it says, Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. Okay? So this shows us that there needs to be desire, but it's not just desire, okay? You know, verse, uh, this verse is showing us that we, we must desire the things of the Spirit. This means that desire is one of the ways that we can be active or fruitful in the things of God. So how much do you desire to, to be used by God, to, to flow in the things of the Spirit, you know, one of the reasons why believers don't operate in the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts, some of them being like word of knowledge, prophecy, a word of wisdom, healing, miracles, why we don't often experience those things is because we don't desire them. But it's not just that, because some people, it's, they desire it, but they never step out in it. So you can't just desire these things. I like how the Passion puts that verse. It says that we should crave spiritual realities. So it's something that we need to crave to, to, to be more spiritual. Okay, so many stop there and they'll say, you know, we desire or we eagerly crave the, 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 the spirituals, the gifts of the Spirit. But then, if you look at it, this is um, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, where he spends a whole chapter teaching about the gifts of the Spirit. So before he starts teaching on the gifts, he says you must desire it, and that's the only time he talks about desiring it. And yet a lot of Christians focus in on the desire or the passion or the I want this, but they're not prepared to study the rest of this chapter and learn something and then do something with what they've learned because it's a lot of effort. There's effort in the Christian life not to become a Christian, but to be a Christian. Okay, it's not legalism, but there's effort to being a Christian because you've got to learn, you've got to understand what you've got, you've got to learn what you've received, and then you've got to decide, I want this, and then you've got to step out in it. You've got to walk in these things. Okay, so we're going to be going into a couple of things here and looking at it because we want to understand. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15. It says, what is this, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with understanding also. Else, when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? For thou verily givest thanks well, but the others not, uh, is not edified. So, Main point there, I will, I will, I will, I will. I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with understanding. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with understanding. So he's making a decisive 
an effort. He's making a decision that he will do something. Okay? Are we living like that? I will. You fill in the blank. We are doing it in some way, form or fashion, even if it's not for spiritual uh, 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 things. Okay? But this, is, this shows us that being spiritual is up to us. What do I mean by being spiritual? I mean operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Operating in the gifts of the Spirit. You know, I, was, um, I had a situation this past week, which I won't get into the, the, the details of it, although it would bless you. Um, I remember I was, I was praying in the Spirit just before, uh, before I had to be somewhere, and I felt God uh, tell me to do a certain thing when I arrived at this uh, situation, and it was like, God, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I was like, that'll be awkward. And I remembered the words of Etienne, you know, to embrace the awkwardness. <laughs> That's what he, he taught on that in School of the Believer. And so I was like, okay, embrace the awkwardness. So I did it. And the fruitfulness was phenomenal. The, 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 the tears that flowed and the way I was able to, 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 to minister, it was really powerful. Just because, you know, what would you call that? That's a... Um, word of direction from God, a word of knowledge maybe about a situation and a word of wisdom for a situation, but it's really just hearing from God. It's being spiritual because there was no, nothing in the natural that would make me do or want to even think of doing what I did, okay? And it wasn't weird. I'll just say that in case you're wondering. <laughs> but therefore, like, you know, there's a process for maturing as a believer. God wants us all to mature. You look at that in Hebrew, not Hebrews, Ephesians chapter 4, where it speaks about how the leadership of the church, the leadership giftings in the church, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, the giftings of the church are there to equip the saints. That means to give us something, to, to help us grow in something, so that we can do something, the work of the ministry. Okay? Work of the ministry isn't just on a Sunday here. Work of the ministry is... In the week, like we've heard some testimonies already this morning. And so, you know, the, the, and then it goes on that verse in verse 13 of Ephesians 4, and it speaks about how, like, it's, it, the, the purpose of this equipping is for us to grow up, to be mature, to minister. So, you know, from all of that, if we're wanting to mature and grow in our relationship with God and be more than just a, I go to church, or I tick the box Christian, if we're wanting to be fruitful, it starts with desire. Number one, we need to desire the things of God. We need to desire to be more spiritual. We need to desire fruitfulness. Number two, we need to seek understanding. We need to seek understanding. Understanding who God is, understanding my identity in Christ, understanding the things of, of God, etc. But then number three, there needs to be determination and action. Determination, I'm going to do this, I will. There needs to be action in a sense of I'm going to do this. You know, uh, uh, it doesn't just fall upon us. So, it's, with tongues, it's exactly the same. You saw uh, uh, Etienne probably spoke about this, just how now we've, we, we're born again, and we've got the Spirit of God. And he, he went in, I believe, would believe he would have gone into details here for one of those messages, where he, he explained uh, uh, the, the Spirit in and the Spirit upon. And I'll just touch on that for a second. In Acts, we read through the book of Acts, the book of Acts is an historical, can you turn the gains down a bit? Thank you, just the gains down a little bit. The, if, you, if you read through the book of Acts, it's a historical eyewitness account, okay? The, the book of Acts, thank you, the book of Acts' purpose is not to be descriptive, uh, prescriptive, it's to be descriptive. It's not prescribing what we should do as a church, it's describing what they did as a church, for example, the early church gathered together in the Jewish temple. We don't do that, but that's what they did, okay? They had a discussion in Acts chapter 15 on should we circumcise or not. We don't have that discussion, amen? So, so the point is, is it's, it's not telling us this is how you should do this. It's showing us what did happen, and we learned from it, okay? But our doctrine primarily comes from the, the letters of the New Testament, the epistles, okay? And so, um, it, it, when we look at the book of Acts, we see the, eye, the, the, the journalist, Luke, okay? The journalist. He's, he's, he's giving an eyewitness account of what he saw 
and what he experienced, what he heard, what he, from talking to people. Okay, and you can go read the introduction or the first, chap, uh, first paragraph to the book of Luke, and you can see how he writes that he's giving an eyewitness account. And Acts is part two of his gospel. Okay, but what I want, to, want you to see here is he's looking at people, and if you, if you go and study it out in Acts, he can't, he's not teaching on salvation ever. He never teaches on salvation because you can't see in Christ. In Christ. What, you know, uh, uh, if you go to Ephesians, and especially chapter 1, we see in Christ a lot. And Paul is teaching about being in Christ. But you look at Acts, and they're not teaching about in Christ. He's describing what happened. These people, the Spirit came upon them. And they spoke with tongues. And if we read the journalistic account, we have this impression of something fell from the sky, and bam, like it was just uncontrollable even. Whereas now if you go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14 and other chapters and stuff, and you start to uh, 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 get the teaching on what was happening, it's like, oh, it makes sense. It was more so the Spirit looked like it was coming upon, but it was actually overflowing from them. They received the gift of the Spirit, but then something was going out of them like streams of living water. Amen? And, I mean, that's how the, 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 the Old Testament even describes it. But let me, let me jump into this uh, thing called tongues for a moment. Okay? Number one, uh, 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 there's a, 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 um, a slide on this there. What is speaking in tongues and what are the benefits? Okay? Tongues is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Number one. Number two, it's when the Spirit enables a person to speak in a language that they've never learned. <clears throat> number three, it's your Spirit praying. Number four, although the, 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 speaker do, uh, the speaker's mind doesn't understand what he's saying, his Spirit does, and he's speaking directly to God who understands perfectly. So those are just kind of like a, a few things so far. There's more that we'll get into. It's I'm encouraged by the one uh, verse, I can't remember where it is now in Corinthians, but it speaks about how spiritual things are not, um, uh, cannot be understood by a natural man. And so, I don't try and talk about this with unbelievers. <laughs> if they bring it up, I avoid the conversation. Okay? So if, you, if you're an unbeliever and you're struggling to understand this, then let's afterwards talk about something else. We can talk about the gospel, okay? But this is now to equip the saints to understand the gift of tongues because it's, it's something that we can understand because we've got the Spirit, okay? You know, uh, receiving the gift of tongues is what we basically call the, 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 the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's the moment when most people experience an overflow and they start to speak with tongues. So our Spirit is the part of us that has the mind of Christ. Okay, uh, 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 And when we're speaking in tongues, our spirits bypass our minds and is communicating perfectly to God. How many of you have prayed stupid prayers? All of you, I promise you. <laughs> All of us have prayed stupid prayers at times. What do I mean by stupid prayers? It's not according to the Word. Or it's like, I don't know what else to say right now. When we flip into tongues, what happens is, it's our spirit man praying, and we don't have to understand it. We're praying the perfect will of God, you could say. Our minds are limited by wrong thinking and unbelief, and when we're praying in the spirit, that's when we're getting supernatural. That's when we're stepping into something that's like a buenartulic. It's above the natural. It's supernatural. Okay, mm -hmm. so let's look at a couple more things. Number five, tongues brings refreshing and causes the weary to rest. There's a, a, a verse in Isaiah which uh, prophesies about that. And that's one of the, the purposes of tongues, is that it refreshes us and brings us into a place of rest. And you won't understand that unless you've done that, <laughs> unless you've experienced that. You know, um, life can be demanding or challenging or pressuring. Amen? Hmm. So, you know, in those moments of tiredness and, and whatever, we, we tend to look for something to energize us. A chocolate or a coffee. I, I do that. 
or, you know, maybe watching something or whatever. We're looking to refresh ourselves, but this is one of the best ways to refresh ourselves, is just to pray in the Spirit. It strengthens us. I mean, if you were at the holiday uh, uh, outreach, you guys, you wouldn't have been able to do it without that. Or if you did, you were exhausted, you know. Uh, 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 I went straight from there, uh, and I mean, for us, uh, uh, I know everyone had their own uh, um, challenges with it, but for us, it took us about an hour and a half drive to get there every day. And we had to get there at eight. Yeah, I know, I'm not going to say that. (laughs) Yeah, so it was a bit, uh, uh, it was challenging, but, you know, praying in the Spirit kind of strengthened us to be able to do what we needed to do. Um, The next one there. Number six, it builds us up and edifies us. That's what it does. You need building up, you need encouragement. We tend to look to people often. And it's not wrong, but this is a way that we can encourage and build up ourselves. And then it builds us up in our most holy faith and keeps us in the love of God. I don't know if I'm going to get into this this other point uh, um, today, but this is really one of the gateways to the supernatural, is praying in the Spirit. You know, when I've, uh, I've watched people, when they minister in the Spirit, when they minister uh, in uh, things of, of, of the Spirit, like prophetic or whatever, you'll never see them not be speaking in tongues. You know, when I've seen people perform miracles, when I've done miracles, like, it's, you, 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 there's never an absence of tongues. There's always tongues somewhere. Um, because of this last point, it, keep, it builds up, uh, us up in our most holy faith and keeps us in the love of God. You know, that, that goes together in that faith works by love, and love is the love of God. In the Greek there, if you go look up that word, it's uh, faith works by love, agape, God's kind of love. So if we're wanting our faith to be factual, our faith to work, one of the, the, the things that we can do is pray in the Spirit. So it's a gift for us this gift of tongues, to, to be refreshed, to, you know, if you're depressed, if you're down, if you're tired, if you're whatever, pray in the Spirit, it kind of builds you up and gets you going, but it's not just for you. This also helps an overflow from you towards other people, okay? And that's what we're going to look at a bit, look at a bit now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, so 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you look there, the word gifts on the screen is not in italics, but in your Bible it is, because the word gifts is not there in the original. And so he's saying, now concerning spirituals, okay? Because we kind of look at it as spiritual gifts is, you've got this gift, you've got that gift, and I'm going to give this one to you, and maybe you don't have anything. But, but what this is saying is this, is, this is, he wants us to know about being spiritual, Gifts is part of maturity. It's not part of um, exclusivity. It's part of maturity. So this is something we should all grow in and all start to experience, and people should experience it in our lives too. And he's saying, I don't want you to be ignorant about these things. I want you to learn something. Okay? You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols. I like that. Even as you were led, wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Kind of what pops up for me in my mind is that video that we've shared with each other uh, uh, of um, a prophet saying on, 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 on his television program that, um, you know, there, 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 there's many of these videos of, of the same person. But in, in, that, pro, in that video, he says, um, they're reading the verse about um, bless those who persecute you and love those and love your enemies and all that. And the, the prophet interrupts him and says, Jesus doesn't know what he's saying here. That, that's the same as uh, 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 saying Jesus is accursed, I would say. He's saying Jesus doesn't know what he's saying here. He's like, I say unto you. <laughs> and then he went on to correct Jesus. I mean, anyway, gifts is not in the original like we said, so we talk about being spiritual, okay? And what he's doing here is he's highlighting, you know, your first point of contact as as a Christian is salvation. 
Okay, that's when your life in the Spirit began, but now ignorance keeps you from being spiritual. So now, as you learn and as you grow, you're, you're, you're being equipped to be spiritual. Now you're stepping out in being spiritual. So it's something that we grow in. Okay, so we're in 1 Corinthians 12. Now let's go over to verse 4. Because now he's starting to dig into it. He says, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are different differences of administrations, the way we, we deliver them, but the same Lord. There are differences of oper uh, diversities of operation, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Isn't that interesting? The same God worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. To the one is given uh, by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning spirits, to another diverse tongues, uh, kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. So I went through that quickly because I just wanted you to kind of see in that, firstly, all the different uh, abilities in the Spirit that there are. But if you look at it, he, he highlights the fact that there's one Spirit. Okay, now what spirit do you have, Devin? A Holy Spirit. Okay, great. If anyone here has any other spirit, please come up after the service and we will uh, minister to you. Uh, but the point is, is like we've all got the spirit. Yes, we do. Okay. What we need to see there is that you, 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 you got the fullness of God. One, uh, what's it? Colossians 2 verse 10. I am complete in Christ. So the moment you became a Christian, you became complete, completely filled with Him, and you're complete in Him. This is important because a lot of um, teaching out there can kind of give you the impression of you're incomplete and you're on a journey to becoming something. Your only journey of becoming is in between your ears, where you've got to learn not to, and not be ignorant. You've got, to, you've got to learn what the Word is saying about who you are, who God is, and what you can do. So ignorance is your problem, okay? You've got the fullness of God living in you. You're complete in Him, okay? That's what you need to see. Your spirit is His spirit. God didn't say, I'm going to give you some of my spirit. He said, I'm going to basically give you myself. I'm going to come and live in you. Amen? So... I like to look at that because we often, we don't, in, in the way we think about these things, we think, I don't have all of the Spirit. I have a piece of the Spirit. And we have this mentality of we've all got a little bit of the Spirit and together we have a lot of the Spirit. Okay, now it's good for us to come together. It's essential that we come together. It's essential that we, we minister to each other and things. But you are complete. We are complete. Without us, you are, you are incomplete, but you com got completely, you've completely got the Spirit, okay? Which means you've got the same Spirit, and that same Spirit gives you many abilities, okay? It can accomplish many things, the Spirit of God that's in you. <clears throat> so, at salvation... You receive the ability of the Spirit as well. Now you've got to yield to the Spirit within you to experience those abilities. And you learn to yield through understanding, through being discipled, through stepping out, through all of those type of things. But, you know, we've got to see it. Uh, um, Etienne quoted him as well, but Reynard Bonke is saying, you know, um, there's a difference between having the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit having you. Salvation is you've got the Spirit. Now, we need to grow in yielding to the Spirit. Where Now the Spirit's got me, so I can flow in the gifts, you know. And it's less of an experience one moment. Like, uh, as charismatic church, what we tend to do is kind of make it a one-time experience. You're baptized in the Spirit, now there you go. It's less of that, and it's more of learning to live in that place of surrendering to the Spirit that we've got and flowing in the gifts that we've got inside of us in seed form. And so we need to grow in these things, okay? So now let's look at tongues for a little bit, because that's our, our context that we're, we're looking into. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, Follow after charity and desire 
uh, spiritual gifts, but rather that you would prophesy. Not everyone would get this, but somebody say prophesy. <laughs> okay, so what I'll, uh, there's a couple things that we, we, we want to say here. But, you know, what he's saying, when it says rather that you may prophesy, he's saying much more that you would prophesy in, its, in a sense of as well, not instead of. Okay, so that, that's important. Um, it's also important for us to see that it's, 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 the gifts are not badges of honor for us. It's just tools to get the job done. 1 Corinthians 14.2 He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God, for no one understands him. Howbeit, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Everyone say mysteries. That's a key word we're going to get to. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesies edifies the church. So, what I want to bring out of this is to show us, whenever you look through the book of Acts and when you look through this chapter, tongues and uh, prophecy seem to go together very closely. Okay? Um, what I'll show you is that prophecy is really the interpretation of tongues. Okay? We kind of look at it as separate, but it's together. And so I pray in the Spirit, and then my understanding becomes fruitful, and that is a prophetic word, which aims at edifying, building up, exhorting, encouraging, and comforting. That's the aim of the Spirit's ministry through me to some, someone else. That it's never, the aim of the, the, the Spirit's ministry through me to you is never um, uh, condemning. It's never uh, uh, fear-based. And a lot of people try and bring that on, and when they do come to you and say, I feel like the Lord's saying to you X, Y, and Z, and you're fearful, or it's not encouraging, it's like, dismiss it. Put it push it aside. Don't take it. Because God is not in the business of, of operating from a place of fear, okay, or putting fear on you. Okay? Paul, <clears throat> in verse 2, is saying the same thing. Okay? He's teaching that tongues is speaking to God. He's, he, he's saying that uh, speaking in tongues is not speaking to men. It's speaking to God. And the, so the audience, when we're speaking in tongues, who's our audience? God. It's not each other. Okay? It's not each other. So, you know, uh, uh, if you're ministering to someone, you don't have to shun die in front of them. You can do it quietly, but it's not going to, like, change anything uh, 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 if you're shun dying to them because you're not speaking to them. What's going to help them is if you give them the interpretation of that tongue. <laughs> and all of a sudden, if you start speaking their language and you start telling them what you, by the Spirit of God what He's putting on your heart for them. Okay? So this is an activity of the Spirit. So He says, He lets us see that the audience of prophesying is, are you prophesying to God? Are you encouraging God? Are you comforting God? No, we're speaking to the people that would be around us. So he's bringing these activities together, uh, uh, speaking in tongues and interpretation or prophecy, and he, he's kind of showing us how they operate together. Okay, verse 5. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. Now, there's a couple of verses where he, he, he kind of starts to show that, yes, this gift is for everyone, even though uh, 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 maybe there's some questions that rise up uh, uh, with that. He does say he wishes that all of us would speak in tongues. But here he says, but rather that you would prophesy. The word rather here is not instead of. It's, much, it, it, it's in addition to. It's much more. So he's saying that I would much more have that you build on that and that you prophesy as well. So it's kind of incomplete if you just shundai. What does he want? He wants us to shundai and then give an interpretation so that it's encouraging, exhorting, comforting, ministering to other people, because then it's beneficial for the church. It's beneficial if you're praying in the Spirit over someone, like in, in, in your private capacity. You have someone in your heart, you're just praying in the Spirit over them. Wonderful. You don't know what to pray, just pray in the Spirit over them. That's good, okay? It's very good. It's very good if you, um, uh, 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 you know, during worship, if you're praying in the Spirit or singing in the Spirit or whenever, 
if you're in a prayer meeting, you're praying in the Spirit. It's great. But it, you know what's even much more great if we're in a community is if all of a sudden you're starting to feel things on your heart. Yeah, when we call for words, that's what we're asking for. We're not asking what message that encouraged you this week. We're not asking for uh, 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 something that you remembered that blessed you. We're asking for you're praying in the Spirit. God's putting something on your heart. Come forward and share that with us. Because that's what's going to unlock someone's heart maybe this morning. You know, yes, whatever you have to share, it might be encouraging. But imagine if God just gives you a verse while you're praying in the Spirit, and you open up your Bible, and you're like, wow, I didn't think of that before. Let me come up and share this. And someone was, was they needed to hear that. Th this is what we're talking about with regards to receiving from the Spirit and then flowing towards uh, one another. For greater is he that prophesies. Greater is he is not uh, talking about better than, okay? It's just saying it's more beneficial, Okay? That then he that speaks with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Now look at that last part here, because there's a lot of misconceptions about all of this in the body of Christ, and so there's a lot of abuse, I believe, too. But if you look at this at the end there, it's saying that it's much more beneficial to have interpretation, right? Read that and see who does the interpretation. It's the same person who does the tongues. Okay, so we, want, we don't want you to come up and go, Shandai, <laughs> we want you to come up and just give us the interpretation. And the interpretation is never word for word. It's a, not a translation. It's an interpretation. You know, we see this in the, the book of Acts at the day of Pentecost. Peter stands up and he addresses the, the, the crowds. The crowds are like, we hear them speaking in these languages that they definitely don't know. And then the crowd gives the interpretation. They didn't mention who in the crowd gave the interpretation. But they were saying, we hear them declaring the wonders of God. That was the interpretation of what they were hearing. So interpretation of a tongue is always, this is the idea of what God's wanting to communicate. Not, this is the message. Number one this, number two, that. You know, it's never kind of like a, a, a report in detail. It's always a general kind of like, this is what the Spirit of God is wanting to communicate to us. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 13. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. How many people are involved in that verse? <laughs> One. It's you. You speak in tongues, you can say, God, what does this mean? You know, in your heart. You don't even need to say that, but it's just you're the one who needs to, what, what's coming up in your heart, you need to be speaking that out. And we'll, I'll explain that a bit more with regards to that word mystery in a second. Okay, so then, what's that? 1 Corinthians 14, 13. 14, 14. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. He's basically Saying, showing us again that the, the, the praying in the Spirit is an activity of the Spirit. It's not a mind game. Okay? It's not a mind game. It's, it's an activity of the Spirit. Your, your mind won't naturally interpret it. Your mind won't naturally understand it. Okay? But what I found, this is the best way to explain it, all of a sudden a thought drops in my mind that I didn't know before naturally, and it's like that's the understanding. And then I'm like, okay, I know something that I need to do, or I know, understand this verse now, or I know I need to, whatever, say this to someone. It, all of a sudden, things come together. The best way to explain this is through examples. You know? um, so one example, um, I'll share it now. One of the examples that I have of this is one day I was uh, 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 you know, driving down the N1, and I was praying in the Spirit, and what I would do is kind of, on the old Nokia 3310, push down on the phone book, you know, and then it randomly stops, and I would pray in the Spirit for that person. And then I'd be like, okay, Lord, give me a word for them. Now, I still do that, but just not with the Nokia 3310. And, um, and then uh, uh, there, this one um, uh, name came up, and I was praying for them, and um, kind of sent them, uh, later in the day, I sent them a, a word of encouragement, like, you know, SMS. 
just a, a few words, and that was it. And they messaged back and said, that was encouraging. Thank you very much. I didn't message them, Shandai, Shandai, Shandai. This is the interpretation. All I did was I feel on my heart, this just God wanting to encourage you. That's all I said, okay? And then, as soon as I sent that, I felt his girlfriend on my heart. And I was like, let me pray for her. So I prayed for her, and then I messaged her. And as I was typing the message, I really just felt like God put strongly on my heart, and I didn't know what's going on in their lives, but straight away I, was like, I said to them, said to her, I just feel like God's saying you're about to make a big decision and you should stop. You shouldn't make this big decision. And I wouldn't normally just kind of go directly like that and give direction. Usually it's, let's be encouraging, comforting, exhorting. But I think the more you grow in it, the more you can kind of be a bit more directive in it. And so then I was, I shared that. And I said, you know, you pray about it and do what you feel to do with it. And she messaged back and she says, I was about to break up with him. And I was like, oh, no. Should they have broken up or not? I don't know. Yeah, and I kind of like was like, okay, Lord, you do with it what you want. And the thing is, I said to her as well, like, I just sense like you're going through some challenges and you need to push through. The challenges were he's black, she's white. And it was causing a lot of challenges in the family. And, and she was like, that's why, and it's a bad reason to just break up, but that's why she wanted to break up. So uh, today they're together, they're pastoring a couple of churches in Namibia, and they've got, I think, four or five kids. You know, so it just shows you, like, kind of one simple word that you feel on your heart stepping out. As you're praying in the Spirit, something awakens in your heart. You have an idea, you have a thought, and you just go and reach out to that person. It might not even be a word. You might just have someone on your heart, and then you phone them, or you message them. <clears throat> a lot of you guys told us, uh, uh, and, and from the other campuses, how many people were like, oh, I had Uncle Charlie so much on my heart, and I was thinking of phoning him. And it's like, well, now it's too late. We don't have phones like that, you know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> anyway. So the point is, it's like we, we get to do this and it becomes a blessing to the audience. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18. Paul saying, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. You know, so this, I believe, is where most of his revelation came from. He was, he was constantly praying in the Spirit and then receiving from the Lord and stepping out in that to be able to be as effective as he was. 1 Corinthians 14, 21. In the Lord is written, with men of other tongues and other lips, I will speak into this people, and yet uh, for all they will not hear me, says the Lord. So this is the prophecy from Isaiah 28, verse 11, okay? Uh, with stammering lips and another tongue, I'll speak to his people. So that's where the, the prophecy is coming from, okay? And he's just, so tongues was, uh, you can find it in the Old Testament there, but uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 17, Jesus saying in my, uh, uh, that believers will speak with new tongues. I just wanted to point that out before we get on to this last part that I want to share with you. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, please. This is kind of like more of the mechanics of it, but you can call it prophecy or revelation knowledge. So it's the last three slides there. The first one. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6 and 7, okay? Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Not, uh, it says, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto His glory. So, when we're praying in the Spirit, we remember that verse, He said you are praying? Mysteries. We're speaking mysteries. Now, this verse, it's the same book, okay? When Paul wrote 1 Corinthians, he didn't write it in chapters. He wrote it as a letter. And so, there's a common idea. He didn't write one idea and another idea and another idea and they're not linked. He was writing a whole letter to the church there. And there's many things that he's communicating, but it's got a common commonality to him. If he's using a, a word in one way in the beginning, you can probably find he's using it the same way in the end. Otherwise, it would be very confusing for the reader. But tongues helps us receive this, this prophecy or revelation knowledge. 
an understand, supernatural understanding of Scripture or a super, supernatural understanding of a situation or a person's life or, or whatever, that gives, and it gives us insight practically even into decisions that need to be made. It gives us practical wisdom of uh, uh, how to deal with situations. Okay? Basically, we pray in the Spirit, and He gives us insight as to what to do. So let me read this again. Howbeit, when we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. When you're praying in tongues, you're speaking the wisdom of God in a mystery. Okay? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, a couple chapters later. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto God, a man, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. What is that mysteries? It's the wisdom of God, hidden in a mystery. What good is wisdom that's hidden? None of you want wisdom that's hidden. Okay? You want wisdom that's plain so you can put it into practice, that you can do something with it. So 1 Corinthians 14, verse 13 to 14. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So Paul is saying firstly here, my spirit. Okay, he's referring to his spirit, but the, the spirit of God in him. And what he's saying here, though, is he's taking responsibility for it. He's saying that he's the one who's got to do the one stepping out. He's the one, if nothing happens, it's his fault. It's the same thing with us. You know, we, we have our ministry nights, Friday night ministry night. We've got another one coming up soon, and we'll tell you next week. But the point is, is with those, it's kind of like it's only ever going to be what, what we do with it. Because it's not just one person standing at the pulpit teaching. It's all of us ministering to each other, ministering together. And so if nothing happens, it's not my fault. There's <laughs> a lot less pressure. It's great. But here we're basically seeing that we're praying in the Spirit. There's mysteries that contain wisdom. And now if I get the interpretation in the form of my understanding becoming fruitful, then I've got some wisdom from God. And if I speak that wisdom out, it's in the interpretation of my tongue, but it's also a prophecy. So simply put, how we deal with this practically is a, you know, firstly, we, we all as believers get to pray in tongues. Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, in, um, you know, uh, that in my name, they'll, they'll lay hands on the sick, cast out demons, all of that, and he says they will speak with new tongues. And he's referring to believers. So we can all speak in tongues. We have that gift, but we need to step out in it. We need to be willing to go for it. Okay? And so step one is really just a, Yielding to the Spirit of God that's in you. If you look at uh, uh, Acts chapter 2, it says they spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Who did the speaking in tongues? They did. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, so the, the, the Holy Spirit's involved in it. He's inspiring us. He's, he's putting the language in us but it doesn't come out unless we go and open up our mouth and say something. And when we say something, it's not us making up something. It's something starting to roll, and it's a language that's coming through us. Okay, so we're yielding to the Spirit of God that's in us. He's not controlling us. He's inspiring us. And then we speak out. The gifts are gifts, right? If you think about the different gifts, there's also a gift of teaching and preaching. And I would trust and I know that me preaching and teaching is being inspired. But I can guarantee you it's not controlled by God. How do I know that? Well, sometimes I've said some silly things at the pulpit. And I know that God's not silly, so He's not saying something silly. Okay? Sometimes uh, we use uh, jokes or whatever, and it's not inspired by God, but it's just something to kind of connect with and whatever. The point I'm trying to make is God never controls us. Okay, but he flows through us. And so I'm yielding to the Spirit of God, and as he's inspiring me, I'm speaking out. 
The same way that we would all do within the gift of tongues and stepping out to minister to people and encouraging them and comforting them. You can see if someone's feeling down, right? Most of the time. So we look at someone and they're like, wow, this, this person really needs some encouragement. You walk up to them and you encourage them and you just love on them. Well done, that's awesome. That's beautiful. That's really good. It, 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 it's not inspired by God, but you, you, you were being a Christian and that's what you should do. But how much better if someone doesn't look like they need a hug and yet you just like, I just feel to come up to you and I just feel to encourage you, X, Y, and Z. And then they break down and it's just like a word in season. The perfect thing. That's one of the things that happened to me this week. Where there was no reason for me to do what I did in reaching out to someone. And when I did, it broke through a massive wall and gave me influence to minister. Because, hey, uh, 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 I was being led by the Spirit of God. Not led by word of sight. Just a word of knowledge. <laughs> Too many people operate on word of sight. Not a word of knowledge. There's one guy in Grace Life who, who came to me and he was like, he went to church, this one campus he went to visit, and everyone was coming up and giving him the same word. And I was like, I'm so sorry. He's like, they're saying that, um, I'm not going to say what it is in case you figure out who it is. But they were, and I could tell him, all the words that you're getting from people in church, they're well intending and it's good, but they're, they're giving you the word based on your appearance. And I said, you need to have grace for them. But because he, he's like, I don't have that problem <laughs> that they're all saying I'm having. I was like, they're well intending, but they're wrong. They're doing a word of sight, not a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is something that you didn't know naturally. Amen? So it's a case of you got a word on your heart. Last one, I'll, I, I, last testimony I want to share with you before we go on. <clears throat> and that is, I remember when I was fed up with church long before Grace Life, and uh, I, I wasn't enjoying going to church, and I was like, God, I'm growing by myself. I'm, I'm listening to good teaching. I'm studying the Word. I can worship at home. Um, I'm fellowshipping with people in the week. There's no reason for me to go there and hear a message of unbelief and just be frustrated the whole sermon. And, uh, uh, and God said, well, why don't you go and seek to be a blessing to someone else? I was like, that's a good purpose, to go to church. <laughs> so I did. I prayed. I got dressed. I got ready. I went early. And I was just seeing, what can I do to serve? So I was like, I'm here to serve. So they said, please, put, would you stand at the door? So I was like, great, I'm going to stand at the door. Stood at the door, and as uh, this one guy was walking towards the front door from the parking lot, there was a draw. Something was drawing me to him. Now, uh, the way to interpret that is it's the love of God in me, the love of Christ compelling me. Something is coming, like drawing me to this guy that I've never met before. And I was like, there's something here. And I was like, okay, God, I know you're speaking to me. And I wasn't a minister. I wasn't full-time or anything like that. I was just a believer. And I was like drawn to this guy. And I say that to show that you all there's no excuse. And so I was drawn to this guy. And I was like, okay, Lord, during worship, I was praying in the Spirit. And I was like, you've got to give me a word for him, God. I'm going to give him a word. And uh, I felt a couple things. So I wrote them on my hand so I didn't forget them. And uh, uh, some of you have heard this testimony before. So just enjoy it again. And as I'm writing the, testament, the, 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 the words there, it's simple things, like God is your Father. That's a truth for all of us, right? But we all know that there's specific times we need to hear that. Okay? So I wrote that, and then I wrote a couple other things. And uh, after the service, everyone was busy packing up the chairs, and I felt God, uh, like, saying, you better get this going. So I went over to him, and I was like, hi, I'm, I'm Shane. I don't think we've met before. And uh, he introduced himself, and, and I said to him, um, I felt God say I should come and pray for you. Is that okay? So he was like looking at me funny, and he said, okay, that's fine. And uh, then we, we turned around, and I said, let's, people are busy moving with the chairs here. Let's go to the corner there. So we walked over to the corner, and he stops me, and he says, he's got tears in his eyes, and he says, I just asked God to send someone to pray for me. And I was like, well, let's go and pray there. <laughs> so we went to the front, and now he's like, he's crying, and he's like, there's so much going on in my life. And I was like, I understand that, but please don't tell me anything right now. Because I was like, 
there's specific things I don't <laughs> I want to get to. And I was like, if his guy tells me all of this, then it's not so impactful. So I was like, we don't talk, we pray, because we, God told me to pray. And I think there's a lesson for a lot of you. <laughs> so anyway, so then I put my hand on his shoulder, and I was like, thank you, Father. And I was then looking at my crib notes, and I was like, thank you, Father, that you're his father. And that you were there from the moment he was born till today. You've always been there. You've always been father. And now he's crying. Thank you, Father, that uh, uh, even when he was, and I, he doesn't look like a rugby player, but even though when he was playing rugby and sports as a child, like you were there on the sideline cheering him on. Now he's sobbing. Thank you, Father, that when the tragedies hit his life and the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, you were there and you protected him. He just keeps sobbing. And I don't know what else. And at the end, I was like, I just really feel like God's saying there's a mighty man of valor inside of you, and he's calling this, this man forward. And, uh, uh, and then at the end, I was like, uh, uh, before I could finish off the prayer, he fell over, and he was on the ground, and I was like, okay, now I don't know what to do, so let me just wait you. And I waited, and he opened up his eyes eventually, and he's like, have we met before? I was like, I know we haven't. And he says, um, because you know my whole life. And I was like, well, that was definitely God, because I don't know you. I know nothing about you. And so then I gave him my number, and we met up in the week, and he told me his story. He was adopted at birth. His adopted dad drank himself to death and used to to beat his mother before he he passed. And uh, he said that there was all these tragedies in his life. He was always wondering, like, why am I the only boy playing rugby with nobody here? Nobody on the sidelines. Why is this? Why is that? And, and uh, he said, you know, all of that really was true. He said, I've had so many accidents. I'm not going to go into detail about it. But like at the age of six, he, 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 instead of blowing out with a pea shooter and a pin, he blew in and it got stuck in his esophagus. And he had to get rushed from Kimberley to Bloemfontein to have an operation. And, 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 and. And, uh, and then uh, when he was at university, a truck drove over him and his friends, their car. And uh, he had a problem with his hip from then on. And there was all these different things that went on. And he was like, and then when you said there's a mighty man and and God's calling him forward, like something really just stirred inside of me. And he was just like, everything you said was just like amazing. So then I was like, great. So And then I was like, what's the purpose of ministry? That's a question. The purpose of ministry is to help someone get from where they are to where they need to be. So I wasn't just caught up in the, thank you, Jesus, I've got it. You know, I can, I can do that, you know, prophesy. <laughs> what I did was then I was like, okay, great, let's, let's go back to the basics. When did you receive Christ? And he kind of spoke about it, and I knew this guy doesn't know Jesus. Then <laughs> I asked him a couple other questions and, and, and prayed with him. He received the gift of tongues after we had prayed through the salvation prayer. He fell over praying in tongues. Uh, prayed for him, his hip was instantly healed, and he never had a problem with that again. And he became so radical at the church that he was going to that I was embarrassed of him. And for years, he was going for it, more in uh, legalism, unfortunately, because I didn't have a chance to disciple him, and he burnt out eventually. But he loves Jesus, and he was going for it. All because of someone who was no one in a church went to go and bless someone. You can do that too. And it came from praying in tongues, and then as things came up in my heart, I took note of them. And I was like, God, what do you want to say? Tongues is the gateway to the supernatural and helps us open up for supernatural ministry so people's lives can change. You know, we, we do this before bed, even. You know, as a family, with the boys and I and Marna, we'll pray, and we pray in the Spirit, and they know now the drill. Like, we don't just pray... Uh, the normal English prayer or whatever we're praying, it's more of praying the Spirit, who does God want us to pray for? And then randomly people jump up in their hearts and we're like, I feel we should pray for this one. Then we pray for them. We don't know what to pray, but let's just pray for them. Pray in the Spirit, speak blessing over them, whatever. Because that's the advantage that we have as believers to be able to operate on a supernatural level, not just go out there and, and make money, come to church and live a life like that, but give a person a word, the right word at the right time. Contact someone at the right time with the right word. Once we had 
Last story, we were at uh, having Friday night live, uh, ministry night at the, the other venue across the way here. And um, we, so we were praying in the Spirit together. And it was uh, Godwell who came up and said, you know, he feels like we should pray against suicide. There's no natural word for us. There's, no, there's nothing that in the natural made us want to do that. But we prayed all together. That night, one of the pastors went back to some, uh, Sir Lowry's pass and stopped someone from committing suicide. They walked in on them. And so it just shows you how we have an added advantage when it comes to the things of, of, of life because of the Spirit of God that lives in us and wants to move through us. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Tigerberg area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca.